DJ and PK brought to you in part by Mark Miller. The Mark Miller Subaru bringing you DJ and PK in the morning. So, PK, you put up a question on Facebook. BYU, 17th in the Director's Cup out of about 300 D1 schools. How impressive do people find that? They got a little uh, scoring chart there, and you get points for winning NCAA titles, going deep into NCAA tournaments. Try to kind of establish a value across all these different sports. Polls and football. Yeah. Polls and football. Yeah. A lot of sarcasm. <laughs> Brian, wow, amazing. What's the director's cup? It's uh, your it's the, the way they statistically judge your entire athletic department, yeah. men's and women's. David, BYU has an athletics cup. And Ryan says yes, protects sensitive parts from potential impact. Bark, 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 bark. Brooks, during COVID, that's kind of like winning the Super Bowl with the scab teams, right? What? So we just dismiss their athletic department because it doesn't mean anything to you? Yes, that's what's happening here. That is a consistent. Derek has uh, something from the Simpsons with three judges holding up zero for a score. Chowder has Stephen Colbert with a very slow, slow clap. South Park, this is totally awesome. So you look at the top 10 this year from number 1 through 10. Stanford. No. Oh. It's Texas, Stanford, Michigan, North Carolina, Florida, USC, Alabama, Arkansas, Ohio State, Georgia. Stanford unseated for the first time in some like 20 years or some such. Uh, Stanford first time unseated since 94, 95. So 26 years then. Jeez. Yes. Every year it's Stanford. Stanford, 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 until 2021. Texas this year. Taking the crown. Yes. Stanford finished second. Heads will roll. So there's some big time athletic departments in the on this list for sure. Who's around BYU? Right above them, right below them. I don't have, all I have is the top 10. Oh, okay. I can look it up, but that's what you do. Yep, I'll get on it. BYU is the only non-Power 5 team yeah. in the top 50. Yeah. So there's something to be said for that. When you think about it, those lesser uh, sports in terms of publicity, their coaches, their players, Worked their staff it. members. They work just as hard. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. They're there. Off-season weight training and conditioning and blah, blah, blah. Everything that everybody else does. You know, the higher-profile sports, these people. They're putting in the time. It matters. It matters a lot to them. So I think this is cool for BYU to be in the top 20. And what would you say, the only non-Power 5? Top 50. Top 50? Yep. BYU is navigating, the bigger picture here is BYU is navigating in a world where when you look at the counterparts, they don't really belong, but yet they're still doing it. You know, five football players drafted, and they're not in power five, and then another seven signing free agent contracts, which matter, not all seven will make it, but some of them will make it. 
And so when you look at what they're up against to be able to still find ways to compete, I think is impressive. I think that's the story in this this Director's Cup deal. So you can blow it off because nobody cares about women's tennis and men's tennis. Women's cross country won the NCAA championship. And we don't really care. But, I mean, those ladies who are running out there, they're putting in the miles on and on and on. And so it matters to them. I appreciate it. Appreciate the effort. You just don't roll out of bed and start winning cross-country meets, let alone the ship, without all sorts of dedication. So I appreciate that. Something to be said for that. You know, a week ago today, I went to a little gathering for the retirement of Joe Baird, sports editor at the Tribune. 38 years. Now, he didn't have any fanfare, but the thing, and I went because I wanted to respect the guy, and the thing that I respect is he went to work every day for 38 years. That's a really good run. Yes. There's something to be said for that. He gave it his best for 38 years, and he did his job. That has my literal and figurative applause. I respect the heck out of that because that's what my father did. He did it for longer. Two jobs to try to give us what what he could. And there's something to be said for that. It's the same thing here with these, these ladies running cross country. They're out there every day running to make sure they're in a position to win. So, yeah, it doesn't get any sorts of publicity the way football and basketball, what have you, get. But they're putting in their time, and I respect that a great deal. So I think the bigger picture here for BYU is they're negotiating in in a world in which they don't belong when you look at it. They don't fit in. These athletic departments have support from the big-time football TV contracts that Power 5 leagues are pulling down. Yeah, millions, literally. Right. And BYU at 17, the uh, schools right in front of them, Kentucky, UCLA, Notre Dame, LSU, and Florida State. Those are the five teams right in front of them. And BYU's right in front of Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, ASU, Duke, and Ole Miss. Oklahoma was 24, and Oregon with Nike money was 25. And BYU was 17. Yeah, now maybe you say with Oregon, you know, they really care about the, the, the big two where they just pump in untold amounts of money. So they're getting what well, they want out of that. I just watched the Olympic trials, and somebody pumped some money into a track stadium because that looked pretty sweet on TV. Oh, yeah, they have a lot of that stuff up there. I've yeah. seen it a million times. Right. Yeah. I've been there. So they've, they've pumped money into other sports. Yeah. And you're right. They've poured it into football. Right. They, they haven't cheated football. They build a great Phil Knight baseball stadium because they got sick of Oregon, Oregon State. State being good. So wait a second here. And I, and I, think, I think they hired a Fullerton coach. Just paid him all sorts of money. And they call it PK Park, which I thought was a great name for a, <laughs> a baseball stadium. <laughs> Phil Knight, not Patrick Kinahan. But I, I took a picture of it. PK Park, right there, man. Well, the Knights just donated $500 million to the science campus. Yeah, yeah they, did, they did do that. And, that. and that's good, too, obviously. And he's got the money to do all that. And way to go. Good for him. And good for Oregon football. But there's more to it, you know, than just Oregon football. Uh, and the if you're going to have an athletic department... I don't think you should just have it just to have it. If you're going to have it, you know, you play to win the game, right? And those men's and women's coaches, they're they're fighting just as hard to win the game, whatever game that might be. So I think you got to give BYU credit 
for being able to play the game, so to speak, where they don't necessarily belong financially. And they're not receiving these untold amounts of money that are just going up and up and up. But yet they find ways to compete. There's something to be said for that, man. They're showing up every day and going to work. It's like that reference I use with Joe. Showing up every day for 38 years. These, that's what they're doing. Isn't there some honor in that? That's rhetorical, right? Well, if you want it to be, if you don't want it to be, it's up to you. And I mean, I don't care about any of these sports for their for their sakes. You're not going out to watch the uh, the cross country race, the volleyball match. Well, I did when I worked game. for the Watchdog. I I actually did. I was assigned to cover. I covered NCAA volleyball, Utah and BYU on the road. Uh, and soccer. And you spent a grueling softball. week on Oahu because of NCAA volleyball. Oh, it was a total racket. <laughs> <laughs> Best work trip ever. Yeah. How long did you have to go? I left on a Tuesday and came back on a Monday. All right. And the thing that ticked me off and ticked my wife off is that was BYU men's volleyball. <clears throat> I think it was like in 04. They won the national championship over Long Beach. And uh, I, t- I told them for weeks that they're going to go to the Final Four and the fi- because the regional here was local, and they're going to go to the Final Four, and it's going to be in, on Hawaii's campus at the Stan Sheriff uh, Center. And they said, no, no, no. So then, literally on that Monday before, I was golfing Monday afternoon, I get a call, hey, we want you to go. <laughs> I told them for weeks. I said, okay, but you're going to pay top now dollar. Now it's for- way more expensive. Yeah. So my wife couldn't go, and we couldn't get child care for a week just on the spur of the moment. So I went by myself. And like um, football Saturdays, especially in those days, man, you had about 20 stories to write. Here I was writing one 15-inch story off of volleyball, and that was it. I could do that in my sleep. (laughs) During the game. (laughs) Yeah, and the games were at night, which meant I had all day. Just What can you do in Hawaii when you have all day, PK? (laughs) And... You're not paying for it. Now, any luxury I would have paid, but I mean, food and but lodging, the, yeah. I'm not paying for it. And, and the airfare. And the, yeah. Yeah. And transportation, I wasn't paying for it. So, I mean, it was such a freaking racket, man. And so then, then you thing. paid attention. <laughs> well, I paid attention anytime I had an assignment. Yeah. And so, and that was like women's basketball. I didn't necessarily go to all the games, but I paid attention because I knew when I got conference tournament I was paying attention I'd have to write and then I did both BYU and Utah they they went to the sweet 16 when I was working there and I had to cover them and and I gave them my best effort I didn't blow it off because they're out there and, I, and so I saw firsthand Utah women's best I think Elaine Elliott we talk about Becky Hammond getting a lot of run for being in a uh, being able to coach men's uh, Elaine Elliott was a phenomenal women's basketball coach because they don't have a big recruiting base in the state of Utah so she had to find ways look under rocks and all that proverbial stuff to get talent in there Canada hello they did Canada a lot yes and she had competitive teams virtually every year that went to NCAA tournaments. Yeah, I don't know what her final win total was, but it was over 400 wins. It might yes. have been over 500. Very, very impressive. Yeah. Tons of NCAA tournaments. They, the, the, when you look at the banners, those are in the rafters of the Huntsman Center for all the teams yeah. that play in there. 
They're not all her teams, but they're mostly her teams. And then Beth Lanier at volleyball, she's only been there for 30-some years. Mm-hmm. Built the thing from scratch. You mean to tell me that that's not great? Uh, she, didn't she take over a one-win team? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. And they so, were uh, both Utah and BYU were seeded into the Sweet 16 into the tournament this year. Yeah, the Utes got upset. Yeah. So I follow her team. I used to have to cover it. I covered them on the road in NCAA tournaments. So, uh, and when you, when you go to those assignments, you, you owe it to those people. You owe it to your employer. And for me, I always owed it to my father because he busted yeah. his butt every and your, day. And your readers. And the folks who are reading it. And, then, and the participants. Because they're giving all they got just as much as the Fiesta Bowl and Sugar Bowl. No less effort and intensity and commitment. So I have enormous respect for all those people who are doing all that stuff. And BYU's doing it at a high level. I think that is admirable, especially because they don't have the money pouring in the way. Look at the look at these big dogs: Michigan third, North Carolina fourth, Florida fifth, SC sixth, Alabama. Come on, Ohio State is in the top ten. Of course they are. Notre Dame is fourteen, and BYU is seventeen, and Oregon with all that Nike money is twenty five. It's a pretty wealthy neighborhood right there. Take that, ducks. <laughs> BYU looked at Oregon as far as the Directors' Cup, and they said, get the duck out of here. That's exactly what they said, and they were right saying it. You got to be very careful saying it. I slowed it down. You did. <laughs> Scotty G, careful, <laughs> careful. Oh, my Joe Ingles here. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I think there's something to be said. We can make fun of it because it doesn't get the publicity and all that stuff. But when you step back, to me, is it more impressive that BYU does it if Utah, versus if Utah was able to do it? Because Utah's in. They're in, man. Utah was 60th this year. Average over the last five years has been 57th. Wouldn't they want to be better? Yeah. Well, I think that's why you're seeing coaching changes, right? Someone with a fresh vision, ability to elevate some of those sports. Getting a new coach in women's soccer, getting a new coach in baseball. Maybe there are more, but those are the two that jumped out at me. I think it says something. Especially today, where there is such an on-level playing field. And nobody can argue that. That it, and even among the halves, there's an unlevel playing field. I mean, you look at the budgets of Ohio State's of the world. It, it, yeah, the, the rest of the Big Ten, it's an uphill absolutely battle. Absolutely enormous. Rutgers, enormous. go compete with those guys. Good luck. Yeah. Illinois, go compete with compete with those guys. Good luck. Right. So you look at what they're able to do financially, and then you have to take a look at what BYU is able to do financially. And how they're able to get it going, I think you gotta you gotta say, "Hey, good job," rather than just totally just dismiss it all because ah, it doesn't mean anything. Who cares about golf and what have you? 
All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We can talk more about this with Mark Harlan, Utah Athletic Director. Scheduled him last week to get him on to talk about name, image, and likeness, how the Utes are going to approach this, how it's going to impact the teams on campus. And we will get to that with Mark Harlan coming up next. Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Jazz at 9.05. Stay with us. The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz, but the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA draft to free agency and on to the summer league, the Zone will be with the Jazz every step of the way as the Jazz front office builds for the future. Your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce, get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call them at 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Mark Harlan will join us here in a few minutes. Utah Athletic Director, name, image, and likeness. The big story in college sports. And what we were just talking about with the Director's Cup, the rich will get richer. It's not going to upset the power structure that much. I don't think so. It remains to be be seen. A few outliers, a few crazy examples. But mostly, the rich will get richer. Uh, Yeah. Right now, I'm thinking you're absolutely right. We've been talking about this. We had Barry Trammell from Oklahoma, a longtime columnist there. And uh, he was thinking that. There's one thing, you know, BYU sent out a thing last week, and they want their kids to comply with the honor code, so you're not going to obviously endorse beer or whatnot. That sort of, I wonder if that would be universal, you know, who wants an 18-year-old endorsing alcohol? Uh, But there's... uh, What about the gambling websites? That seems to be more where there could be more controversy. Uh, the, the gambling websites have money. And sports has always wanted to create some type of separation there, less now than they used to, but still somewhat. Uh, that thing is so regulated, and it's it maybe, uh, yeah, I get your point. Uh, but I don't know if that's if they even need that, though. If they, I don't know if the gambling sites want to go into that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe they don't. There's one thing that caught my eye in the BYU thing that I wanted to run past Mark, and it says that I'm reading right from BYU's email that they sent out. It says, in order to best assist you, all student athletes must have NIL agreements reviewed by athletic administrators prior to engaging in the NIL activity. I wonder if that's just a wish. But so somebody says no. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull their that's scholarship. That's must have. That sounds good. But isn't that more of a wish? Well, Tom, I think, acknowledged that when he was with you guys, saying that these we're, we're out of the loop on a lot of this stuff. Right and they now. said, it must have the agreement. So they have to review them. Please bring it Wait, to our Suppose office. somebody says no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I cut my own deal here with the... Whatever car dealership, whatever whatever it might be, and they're going to give me a car, and uh, you know I'm going to talk about it and like lock with the Murdochs, and uh, away they go. And what what could BYU? And I'm just using BYU as an example. 
what would they be able to do to say, I don't know, you got to bring it to us. And Joe Blow says, no, I don't. <laughs> Make me. How How's that going to play out? Probably like you just said. There's always the worry, I would think, that uh, certainly if I were on a development team for a university, I'd want to see all the uh, name, image, and likeness because there's so many businesses and so many startups. Like there could be a somebody new that the school could look at as a donor or someone they could cut a sponsorship contract with. Mm-hmm. It'd be like providing leads to a salesperson, essentially. Correct. Yeah, I got you. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought currently. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Mark, welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? We are doing well. And you've had about a week now, a little more than that, but about a week of name, image, and likeness. And I wonder, how much have you learned? You got more questions than you did a week ago? You got more answers than you did a week ago? Is your head spinning faster than it was a week ago? Oh, you know, it's been a, uh, it's been a good, good first week. Uh, it's filled with a lot of training and education, understanding, um, and uh, it's fun to see some of our real engaged student athletes uh, start to make progress in whatever they happen to be interested in. But uh, it, it is such an early phase of all this. Um, you know, we're just, we're just anxiously awaiting anything that we can help. So you have a football program that is extremely high profile. Everyone knows that. And you've got some guys on that team that people would want to uh, align with. It's clear, right? I mean, they're good students. They're good athletes. They're good people and all that stuff. And so uh, I would think that they've already been uh, inquired about as far as that goes. From the university's perspective, we were just talking about how universities would like to be involved. What is your level from a university standpoint in terms of reviewing and almost to the point, I don't know if approving is the right word, but what's going to be the connection there? Well, you know, obviously we talked about this being a weekend. What is literally eight days in is us finally getting the structures of of what the quote-unquote rules of engagement are. I mean, right up until the 11th hour, well-documented, we did not have any structure uh, from, from the NCAA and how this would work. And, of course, you guys know we're in a state that does not have specifications via state law. So when midnight on July 1st uh, came about, or I should say 1201, you know, we really had an opportunity to kind of do what we thought was the very best for our students. And so we've kind of crafted along those lines. And so what we've really done is, is talked about how to do this with our students, right? How to. So the how to would be Come forward with concepts, ideas, things that you want to do. Work with our compliance office. Get some basic understandings of, of how this would work, some understanding of, of anything that may come about. And, of course, we're talking there about tax issues. If we've got kids on Pell Grant, if, if there's effects to that. Um, we also want to make sure that they do understand, which has not been widely reported, that there is still some eligibility items we have to, we have to work on. If they're doing a deal that's inducing them to stay at the University of Utah, if it's an incoming kid, to come to Utah, that will affect their eligibility. They have to do things that are straight pay for work, endorsement for work, that are similar market values. So we've 
that what other people would get. So we're, we're working with them on all that. Um, the best thing we've, we've really been able to do here, and something I'm really proud of, is Charmel Green, our deputy AD and chief operating officer who's leading this initiative. She just developed this incredible partnership with her team with the business school on campus. And that's the Lasan Institute, which is a great entrepreneurship program here. And so we're working with those people to work with our students to kind of craft how they want to move forward in their brand, how they want to do certain things. So that's what kind of we're seeing a lot of that right now, just explanation, how to, those kind of things. And we've certainly seen some activity. Um, we've certainly seen some of our students start to do things that we're excited about. They're maybe not getting the publicity of Master P's kid, right? or those kind of things, but we're seeing some chip away at different opportunities that I think will be great for them. So are the early businesses that in, are interested, are they uh, businesses that have already been aligned with the university? Is it brand new? Are they more digital? Are they more brick and mortar? Are there any early trends? Uh, you know, I think what we're seeing is, is kind, of a, kind of a mixture. We're seeing, uh, we're seeing some social media spaces, of course. We're seeing some Cameo. I'm sure your listeners know what Cameo is, and we thought this from the very beginning would be common. That's where our students can go on and, and give messages and videos to, to folks that want to pay for that. It could be happy birthday messages. It could be reaching out and speaking to somebody. We're seeing some limited uh, work on Cameo. Uh, we're seeing some, uh, you know, other type, again, social media type things. And I think we always knew that that would be really common. And so we're not surprised by, by any of that. But at the end of the day, there's two things that come to mind, right? One, it's July. <laughs> Right. And this is a time that our student athletes either are in complete rest mode, uh, taking a mental and physical break, or if the case of our fall sports, they're deep involved in their summer conditioning program. And you got to have a lot of time to do this stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, it's up to them to do the work, uh, to reach out, do all those things. And it, it's just going to take some time and it's going to take some initiative. So I think we're seeing a, a small percentage of our kids that are involved. The rest of them are just kind of watching trying to figure out if they want to jump in. I don't know if concern is the right word here, Mark, but what is the level of interest, if it is concern, from the coaching perspective as how is it going to affect the teams? Well, I mean, certainly that's been a big narrative for the last year plus on this is how does this all come in and how does the, uh, you know, the star athlete on any team, he or she get money and the others don't. You know, these are all the, the things that were of concern to, my, to many. But it really hasn't been that big of a concern for us here because, you know, maybe we're just real proud and, and confident of our coaches and how they handle team dynamics and expectations. Um, and I think we got great kids here. I don't think a kid wants to come in and cause friction on his team by doing something that's unseemly or getting way far ahead of anybody. I mean, I'm sure we're going to have a couple incidents here and there, I mean, just like any place, but not too concerned about it. You know, not too concerned um, that it's going to cause cause issues. Obviously, that's up to the coaches uh, you know, before July one and after July one. And work with Mark, you're breaking up there. We've lost the last uh, twenty seconds or so here. So, uh, Yak, you want to pick him up and talk to him, see if you can uh, reestablish that, and we want to hear that answer. And answers to come from Mark Harlan, Utah Athletic Director. Oh, I'm just getting started here. <laughs> I bet you are, actually. There's a lot of questions with this. Yeah, I want to go in. I think the time thing is, is a big deal. What do you mean? Well, we hear how busy these student-athletes are. I mean, we talk to them. You know, Jalen Johnson, graduating in three years. 
trying to get to a place where he can go in and compete in the NFL right away, and you talk to him about social life and the college experiences, I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah, but you got time to make money, though. It's another yeah. story. Money, money talks, my man. And we all know that. All right, we got Mark Harlan back on. Sorry, Mark, can you go over that? But we just didn't hear the last 20 or 30 seconds there. Clearly, I, I need to get a better endorsement with a cell phone. There you go. But, uh, <laughs> no, I was, I was just saying, team, dy- team dynamics have been something that have been concerned, you know, of concern, I think, by, by a lot of different folks. But we just haven't seen any issue with that, nor in all our educational work. We've been meeting with our students for weeks on this. It's just not something that, uh, you know, we really believe is going to be an issue here. I think most kids, if they have an opportunity to earn well or do things, I think most of their teammates would be proud of them and happy for them. Um, I think if you start getting team dynamics that appear because of that, you probably had something else that was brewing anyway. So I'm, I'm confident our coaches will be able to handle whatever comes uh, in regards to that. So I'm curious, you compete inside the Pac-12 conference and you compete with these other 11 schools, so you want to have an edge on them. On the other hand, you also work together with them, and the brand is all one, and you certainly share ideas and best practices. So how does it work with name, image, and likeness? How much is sharing is going on with this, and how much of this is, I want to tell those guys, we got to beat those guys. We're recruiting against those guys. Yeah, I mean, we've been working pretty closely together on it. I mean, as I said, we, we've been dealing with all the, the issues with, with what was going to come from Indianapolis via the NCAA on this. So we've been working real close with the member schools in our conference and, of course, the conference officials um there has been some sharing of best practice particularly on the education piece uh how does your compliance office work what maybe third party vendors are you using to help with with some of the things but um it it really hasn't been kind of a uh, a secret thing i mean i'm sure we have some ip so to speak that we haven't shared with everybody and i'm sure they would do the same but by and by it's been a very collaborative process a lot of this, as far as kids getting opportunities, not exclusively by any stretch, but some of it's going to be based on their personalities. And the way their personalities have gotten out to the public has been through the free media interviews. And they've got to play well and all that stuff. But they, you know, they've got to be able to handle themselves in front of microphones and cameras and whatnot. And that's a learning experience unto itself. And you see kids come in and be very shy as freshmen by the time they're juniors and seniors. I mean, they're very, very comfortable. And I can list a ton of uh, Utah athletes that have just been marvelous at it. Brian Johnson comes to mind back in the undefeated season in uh, football, the last one that you had there. So I'm wondering, how much is this going to change the sports information aspect of it in terms of allowing kids to be accessible to be able to show their personalities as they develop? Well, in my mind, I think it can only help it. And, and let me tell you why. One, team rules are still going to apply, right? So team rules are always going to be clear that there's obligations you have to be a Utah student athlete, and one of them is you have to engage with the media when asked uh, whether that be post-game, during the week, whatever. I mean, there's, there's not a situation that we would allow for, for a kid to say, I'm not doing that, unless it's unrelated to uh, you know, something they're dealing with with their health or anything like that. That's a different story. So I think if you look at it from the perspective of it gives him or her an opportunity uh, to, to show themselves and to see those personalities. You mentioned Brian, and, and there's so many others we could mention that, uh, that, that are great. And that's an opportunity uh, to put themselves out there. So I think we'll probably see more kids want to get involved if they believe that'll help them with their brand. And 
and those kind of things. But we're not going to get in a situation where, uh, I'm sorry, Paul Kirk, our great uh, communication director, I'm not going to do that today because, you know, my agent says I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that. We're, we're, not, we're not going to allow for that, nor do we have any anticipation that our students would push back on that. Mark Harlan joining us right now, University of Utah Athletic Director. So where do you think this is going to be a year from now? Have you got any idea where this is going, or is it just hold on tight? I really think it's going to be, uh, you know, pretty simple. You know, the rule is there now. You can do that. I think a year from now, the students, particularly the ones that have been here on campus, you know, freshmen will always go through uh, the indoctrination process of this. But I think students will understand how much time they have for this. Remember, they still got to be a college student. They still have to do all the things they need to do to compete. And that time that's left, I think they will uh, figure that out. And where they want to jump in, jump in. You know, I think it's the headline for me, and it's, I've been saying this publicly for a while, the sky is not falling. Uh, you know, we'll kick off the ball on Saturdays and sometimes Thursday nights, and, and we'll, move, we'll move forward. Um, we also know that there will be things that we'll all read about and think, hmm, you know, uh, nationally, that, that kid went there, and, you know, we'll scratch our head. But I think we do that now, yeah. right, don't we? We, we, we? we do that now. So I think, I think it's probably going to... Um, probably settle into what I always thought about 10 or 15% of our student athletes will really engage in it and have an opportunity and the rest, if something comes their way, they'll come forward and we'll help them do it. Throughout your uh, career as an athletic administrator, you've worked in a lot of different places and some bigger places where they've had pro teams of all sorts and even multiples down there, obviously in the Los Angeles area. And then you come to a place, you're down in Tucson, you come to a place here like Salt Lake, and you know full well that college football, these guys in, in, in essence are our professionals, and we, the media, cover the, the heck out of college football and make a big deal of it. We're someplace like in the Phoenix area, you know, I've said it a million times, uh, the Devils can have a huge win and you turn on sports radio and they get to it two and a half hours into the show because they spend the first time uh, portion of it talking about the Cardinals because the pros are where it's at. So my point for you is do you think that this could be an advantage in terms of recruiting, even though you're not allowed to recruit to it, but the kid and his people can be smart enough to realize, hey, if I go to a place like Salt Lake, college football is the only show in town basically at that time of year so it might be able to help me financially yeah no obviously i I do believe that i do think that uh it's a special place to compete here in salt lake at the university of utah you know all the sellouts if we're talking about football of course some of our other sports as well but you know it's it's um, it, it's obviously a place where you can get a lot of engagement from fans, from media, and I think that that's just something that any young man, if we're talking about football now, is going to look at. You know, but I also believe the other things are important. Who's going to coach you? Uh, what kind of facilities do you have? What kind of university? What kind of degree? Uh, who are you going to play? Uh, you know, is it a full stadium? All those things will still be a part of the equation for a young man. I don't think any one thing. Again, I'm talking about mass majority of the time. I don't think any one thing uh, will will take you over the top. I do say on this particular subject, as they dive in, I think any kid or parent will look at what you just said and, and be pretty excited about sending a young person to the University of Utah. Let me make it clear: you can't go. The rule is is you can't go and induce someone to come here to University of X by saying, hey, you come here and I'll set this deal up for you. Right. But what you can say is time goes by, 
you know, you can say, listen, here's our Lasan entrepreneurship partnership. Here's the things we're doing. Here's how if you engage in this experience, we're going to help you. We're going to educate you. We're going to make sure that uh, you've done this the right way, stay eligible and have great opportunities. Here's a look at some examples, you know, of other kids that have done great things. They did the work. You can come in and do that, too. That's all fine. And we look forward to, to really showing that off as, as time goes on. So how savvy do you think that uh, athletes, their parents, and uh, their high school coaches, whoever the other mentor influencers are, as far as over time realizing, hey, you go to Oregon and you partner with Nike and you go to L.A. and especially SC and there's all these opportunities in uh, Hollywood and, you know, in Salt Lake, there's the spotlight because there aren't as many pro sports. You know, there's not Major League Baseball in the NFL. Uh, how savvy do you think people get on the other end of the recruiting spectrum without your coaches or any coaches in any school having to say anything? Well, listen, I, I know there's always the fringe on either side of any, any issues. At the end of the day, most, most parents that I meet with, they, they, they want to talk about how they're, again, football here, how their young man's going to be treated. Uh, how they're going to have the ability to to graduate, have a great experience. Uh, that's the majority of conversations that we we have with parents. It doesn't mean that they want to uh, don't want to make sure that their son has the opportunity to earn if if he's got the time. But most parents are just like parents of always. They they want their son to come in and have a great opportunity to to get better, grow, um, and that's what we we focus in on. Listen, I, I know there's going to be headlines. I saw the one at, at Oregon yesterday by Kevon, and that's a great opportunity for him. And I'm sure definitely we'll have someone that, that has something like that that everyone will be reading and talking about. But at the end of the day, I'm telling you, you know, what, what parents and families cared about before July 1 is still heavily prevalent today. How's the South End Zone project going? King Golf Red Zone is going great. Uh, it is. Uh, it's just amazing. Every every week, uh, you just see more changes, particularly now in the interior. Uh, very excited about where it stands. You know, we've got very few uh, you know, seats left in there. We're, we're now kind of segueing to filling up the uh, you know the return of the bleacher seats that will kind of go up on each side as, as it as it heads up there. Uh, really excited about it. Students are excited about it. Uh, really look forward to some open house stuff we're going to do in August. So, so all fans, whether or not they're sitting in there or not, can come in and take a look. You know, underreported about all of this is the new space downstairs. Uh, dare I say, guys, a whole new media area. I know you'll miss the Crocker Room a lot, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but a whole new new media area. Incredible locker room for the youths. Great recruiting areas that we can watch students by. Uh, just just an amazing uh, facility, a, a club down there that's going to fit up to 900 people, a field club. The team will run out and pregame right through the, the crowd. It's going to be special. And, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day who tried to scientifically explain now how the sound will be trapped uh, in, in the south there. It won't head out toward the street. So you can imagine, as possible, it's even going to be louder than ever. So. Uh, we can't wait to get that that started, and uh, it's amazing to think that's a couple months away. So the media space, is it going to go back to the uh, old type of media rules? I get asked this all the time. What are you guys going to do? And it doesn't matter, you know, depending on the fan, it's Jazz, it's Utes, it's Cougars, whatever. How's that going to play out? What's that going to look like after a year of Zoom? Well, we got to get back to, to in-person. you guys got to do your work. It's good for our students to be in that session. I mean, obviously – uh, there could be some times when a Zoom makes sense for everybody, but I, I you know, our head coaches know my, uh, 
my play here is that we're going to get back to uh, you know to, to doing business as we did before because I think it was a good way to do it. Um, and uh, you know, in, in the case of football, just the, the way we've set it up down there. Now, I will say this, you guys, it's a, it's a big room with a glass wall, so that club group is going. You guys will be like fishing a bowl in there. <laughs> so, the, so they'll be looking at you. So when uh, PK asks one of his infamous questions, uh, he'll get those same looks, EJ, that you're looked at by, by hundreds of people watching. Oh no! So you guys will have to do a, you'll have to do a little hair hair and makeup uh, post game. Be nice. Yeah, I'm excited for it because uh, I think at that point, you know, once that thing is up and running, uh, the way I look at that stadium and then with the football facility that opened, I think, before you got there and all that stuff, I look at it from the football perspective. The U of U pretty much at that point has everything that it needs to be successful. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's it's certainly something that uh, we felt like we needed to go over 50000 We needed to add premium seating. We needed to get way better working space for, for our football program during a game. Um, so really, really excited that we're there. And during a pandemic, to have all our donors step up, not miss their their uh, annual pledge donations, has just been really inspiring um, and shows the care that everyone has. Uh, and, and then you look at our fans who were buying tickets during a pandemic. So, you know, it really uh, it's just another testament to our amazing fan base. And, and, and you're right. You know, we have what we need. We've got great coaches. We've got great students. Uh, we just need to get back out in the field and do our thing. Well, Mark, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on and talking name, image, and likeness and uh, looking forward to the wild, wild west, whatever this evolves into. It'll be great, guys. I appreciate uh, having the chance to talk to you guys and look forward to seeing you soon. Great. Mark Harlan, Utah Athletic Director, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So you hear him, and we had Tom Homo on last week, actually on the first day as it was all uh, turning loose. You hear the parallels there? You hear some of the differences there? And we'll get to that on the other side. And there's the tease. <laughs> we're right back in a minute. And Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Jazz, coming up in 15 minutes here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. The Suns take a one-game-to-none lead in their series with the Bucks. Extraordinary performance from Chris Paul in his final debut. Kind of funny that he threw, you know, Jay may get hot. We just feed off of each other. Kale could get going. Jay might be hot. Jay was not hot. <laughs> Over it. Jay struggled. I had this opinion when Jay was here. Nobody shoots a harder ball than Jay Crowder. <laughs> you see Steph Curry miss a three, and it's just soft off the rim. You know, Jay misses a three, and it's bam And it rockets into the, like, fifth row. I wonder how Jazz fans feel when he's back memories, I'm sure. He was kind of the definition of a streak shooter. Some nights he won it for you and some nights he didn't. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness right here on the Zone Sports Network. Just had Mark Harlan, Utah AD on, talking name, image, and likeness. We had Tom Homo on, BYU Athletic Director, a week ago. And the thing I heard in common is trying to provide structure for that which has very little structure. Tom brought so up the point. what you need? <laughs> what you need is flexibility within a structured system. Bingo. And if you don't use that line in job interviews, that's a you problem, 
Not an us problem. We've thrown that out there enough now. Yes. It's your brother-in-law, right? My deceased brother-in-law, one yes. of the godfathers of soccer high school in the state of Arizona. What we need is flexibility within a structured system. Well, who can argue with that? Right. <laughs> we want clean it's, air. It sounds like genius. <laughs> I know. We do need structure, but we can't be yeah, just regimented. married to the rules and regimented. Right. I mean, we have to use some common sense. Yeah. It's so profound. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's an inarguable statement. Yeah. So throw that out in your next job interview. Oh, it sounds so deep, man. We need flexibility within a structured system. <laughs> and you got to really sell it. Like, why can't you understand it and I understand it? Why don't all these other people understand it? We're the brightest people in the room. Yes. Make it sound profound. Yeah. Exactly. And he did. He loved that line. He shared it with me. Uh, so Genius. I think, yeah, there's a lot of unknowns. Uh, well, Tom brought up, hey, there's going to be tax ramifications to this. And heads up to all the players Mark if this really goes you. well. And Mark brought up, well, how does this impact your Pell Grant? Because you have to Pell Grant based on, you know, what the family income Financial. is in part. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, if yeah. family income changes because you strike it big on the NIL, hey, you got to be aware here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of education that needs to go. Now, this is just strictly my opinion, but I thought Mark downplayed it as far as any huge ramifications versus Tom. And I'm wondering, and I, I don't know, this is not a knock against the U of U by any stretch. I'm a Pac-12 homer through and through. Everybody knows that. I don't deny it. I've got biases, but the thing is I try to make my biases known so people know where I'm coming from. And people who say they don't have biases, I think they're full of crap. Uh, I think that there might be more of an impact at BYU because of the church connection. Yeah. I was saying Army, Navy, Air Force... Notre Dame, BYU, those five for sure have fan bases that are far flung beyond a geographic footprint. Most state universities, Utah, Utah State, uh, San Diego State or Fresno State, Florida, Florida State, you have a geographic footprint and that's where you really make your mark. That's just how it works with state universities. But Army, Navy, Air Force, Notre Dame, BYU have far flung networks that are digitally connected. So for those athletes that have a chance to move in the digital realm, it feels to me like a different ballgame. Not that someone at Ohio State or Alabama can't move into the digital realm and cash in, but just kind of just the basic fundamentals of how these other five institutions are set up seem different than the majority, the, the Oregon states and Kentuckys of the world. And in this case, I actually think smaller is better. Of the five that you mentioned, BYU is the smallest. How tightly knit and yes. what's the impact. Right. And it just seems from my observation that, and it, you can apply it to anybody, but we're using the LDS folks, so that's what we're talking about. And it's no slight and it's nothing negative. But it seems they get excited when one of their own, particularly who served a mission and is faithful, although you don't necessarily have to serve a mission. Steve Young and Jimmer didn't, and they love them dearly uh, as passionately and Ty Detmer and blah, blah, blah. But it, it, the point being, as long as you're faithful and you do your best to, to go to church and whatnot, they get excited about that. And that reaffirms their faith in a way. And so businesses, would they see that. Taysom Hill is a role model, right? He's done everything that he's supposed to do church-wise. As far as I don't care whether he does or doesn't, but this is just my observation of it. So who wouldn't want to align with him? Because he's a great Latter-day Saint. 
And I'm just putting it out there. I'm not making any value judgments on it whatsoever. I'm just saying as I see it. So I think the, and I could be completely wrong on this too, is that the BYU LDS connection is going to help that LDS athlete, male or female, maybe, maybe, I don't know this, but maybe more so than the U of U. And that's no knock on the U of U. I mean, by goodness, don't I, I don't want to hear any crap about that because that's not where I'm but, going. But everywhere BYU plays, and it depends on if it's football or basketball, obviously. You know, th- but there's two thousand fans at a BYU TCU basketball game. I've I mean, seen you saw this, right? Yeah. And for football, we know there's five or ten thousand for the least important BYU road games. And then if you're playing a high profile team and a ranked, well, then it's ten, fifteen, or twenty thousand. You know, if you're in the West or do you go back East. But the point is, there's at least a couple thousand BYU fans everywhere you go. Well, you say that TCU, it's interesting because I can recall specifically one year down at TCU, they, they weren't very good. And after the game, I think it was Brian Santiago leading like, a, I don't want to say fireside. I don't know. That, I didn't listen, but I saw the fans gather in one section and the BYU people speak to them. This is on the road. Now, I've covered many teams on the road, and I never saw that. Right. But now, digitally connected and with name, image, and likeness out there, BYU athletes who excel have a chance to tap into that. Oh, no question. And there's businesses appealing to all those places. And so is one of those digitally ordered businesses going to think, a BYU athlete is perfect. That isn't going to happen in the same way for Utah or ASU or for San Diego State or UC Santa Barbara. They got geographic footprints. Okay, it's don't leave out Grand Canyon in Grand Northern Canyon. Arizona. Grand Canyon Since we named all the schools we went to. It's definitely not going to impact <laughs> NAU. And NAU is great. NAU won the men's cross-country title. But it is just not the same thing. <laughs> and it's not going to be. All right, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Jazz. Coming up next. Stay with us.